Thanks for hitting listen on your phone or computer. This is what I've got in the queue for today's show. Maintaining credibility for your brand. Lisa Collum has an article in Entrepreneur titled, If you're using these marketing tactics, you're hurting your brand's credibility. So I'll take a look at that. Email marketing campaigns, deliverability, automation, and more. Microsoft Teams has been updated for personal use, and I've got some listeners. So I'll listen a little more. The date is Sunday, June 6, 2021. The time is 2100 hours, and you're listening to episode number three of Cape Corvette. First up is that this is only episode number three, and I'm really not being proactive in promoting the show yet, kind of as I'm just getting started, but I logged into my Anchor FM site last week, and I was surprised because there are a few listeners here in the U.S. and overseas. So for those listening on Anchor, iTunes, and Overcast, I don't even know what that is, Overcast, uh, much appreciated, and I hope you subscribe and keep listening. So the first topic of the day, uh, Lisa Collins' article in Entrepreneur struck a chord with me because I've had a few conversations with others about this topic. I'll put a link in, uh, to the article in the show notes. Uh, the topic of credibility is also one of the reasons why I made sure that in the, the mission statement on my website included, quote, promoting and protecting an organization's brand and reputation. Anyway, Lisa opens up the article talking about the online gurus out there that use, quote, emotional trigger-based marketing tactics to convince business leaders to buy their courses and services. Now, the three marketing tactics she highlights that hurt your credibility are displaying revenue screenshots. This is showing off your, your PayPal, Stripe, or other bank account sales numbers. She says it's toxic marketing strategy and may generate sales in the short term, but it repels high-end clients and more potential customers in the long term. Second one is sharing client wins with no attribution. Entrepreneurs posting unnamed clients that got some positive results, but never naming the clients. Now, she says this may be because some clients prefer to remain private and not share the information, which is obviously understandable. I will add that it can also be because there is no client and they are making the results up to give a perception of success. Either way, it increases skepticism skepticism, and can create a credibility issue for your brand. Uh, The fix for this, of course, is to try and get permission from a client to use testimonials for promotion purposes. And then the third one is using marketing results from years ago. Uh, This is highlighting the success of the past, but not highlighting anything that is relatively recent. Uh, The variables in the digital marketing world are constantly changing. So being able to highlight recent success shows that you are current. And that's it. It was a short article. So on this topic, I will add that the first thing that came to my mind was Twitter tactics. Um, The outrage industry is huge. And there are personalities in the, the Twitter sphere that generate followers and engagement purely by being controversial and making people angry. So, you know, more views, more engagement, it helps drive revenue on the platform. Uh, The whole purpose is to generate engagement followers and to be shared and known by as many people as possible. So uh, it goes along with old, I don't know who said this, but goes along with that old saying that, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. 
Um, there is, of course, such a thing as bad publicity, especially if you want to maintain trust and confidence in your organization. So as a vignette, when I was an active duty uh, Army officer, I, I got into a conversation with a leader in my organization about one of the, the mill Twitter, uh, that, that's the military Twitter superstars out there that, you know, tweeting up a storm and driving engagement. Um, now, this, this leader in my organization was thinking of trying to get this person to come work for me in my public affairs shop, uh, but I had some reservations. Um, the reason I had reservations was because this, this you know, person was anonymous. Uh, they would say and do things on Twitter that worked for the individual, but you couldn't really do what this person did from an organizational account. The tactics used to drive engagement for an anonymous army-related personal account are not the same for a professional organizational account. Um, you risk hurting your credibility and reputation for the sake of getting, you know, increased engagement on one social media platform. Anyway, there's a, a book called The Outrage Industry, which I, I recommend that discusses more on this topic, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. The second topic is email marketing campaigns deliverability, automation, and more. The post was published on my site on May 1st, and it has nine tips on developing your email marketing strategy. So I'll summarize here. The first tip is to create a lead magnet. You know, make sure you have a way on your website for viewers to sign up, a call to action, subscribe button, you know, something that grabs the reader's attention. Uh, make sure the form is short and sweet. I use uh, ConvertKit right now for my, my CTA pop-ups. I like the way to look and they can be filled out uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the second tip is segment your contacts. Once you start getting subscribers, you should segment, you know, segment them into groups so you can personalize your communication with them. When they first sign up, you're probably, you know, you probably just have a first name and an email. Uh, but by crafting more email engagement, you may start to get additional information such as their demographics, buying behaviors, goals, pain points, etc. Now, the third tip is to have an objective. Is it to increase traffic to a specific page, boost online ad sales, generate more awareness or recognition, etc.? So by having an objective in mind, it will help with the segmentation mentioned earlier and really help you target your communication to these people so that they are receiving information that is relevant to them and you are then you know, communicating for a vict. So the next one is to design your emails. Uh, you know, don't make your emails boring, make sure they're branded consistently. Uh, that said, you will, you'll need to test your emails to make sure they're not going into spam folders because of all the images. Uh, try to strike a balance between visually appealing and ensuring you're hitting the inbox every time you're sending something out. So tip number five is use your tools like marketing automation. Um, check out ActiveCampaign as a resource. I started using ConvertKit initially, which is very easy to use. It looks good. But I've also been working with ActiveCampaign, which has a much more robust set of tools for you to use when it comes to marketing automation. Number six is to make sure it's mobile friendly. That's pretty self-explanatory. According to the magazine Inc, 
50% of consumers are accessing emails from their phones. So don't miss out on half your audience because you're working on and focus on a desktop computer. So number seven, strengthen your subject lines. Your subject line will determine whether or not your email is open or deleted. So be direct, be informative, you know, maybe tease the topic out a little bit so that the readers are intrigued. And then you probably want to try an A-B testing to help see what works and what doesn't. So the next one is avoid errors. Uh, everyone makes mistakes, you know, but your goal should be to make sure that you don't make the big mistake. Uh, you know, get a second set of eyes on, review, uh, then review again. Um, I like to walk away from the project and then come back later in the day with a, a fresh set of eyes. I usually catch things that way. And then the last one is finally timing. Uh, make sure you are sending it at a good day and a good time. Uh, you know, what is the best day and time? Well, you're going to have to experiment a bit to find out. I've got a link in the post to an article that says Thursdays are the best for email newsletters. Uh, but the trouble with a lot of these data points is that they are generic and not specific to your organization. So, so maybe start with the generic information on the best day time and then play around a bit and see if they're, you know, if you're getting better or worse as you modify the different variables. Segment three is a quick word on Microsoft Teams. I, I, th I think I did Microsoft Teams last week too. So anyway, uh, Teams is opening up for personal use. Uh, they're being very aggressive and going after the Zooms of the world. Um, I, I love Teams and I use it for my work. They just keep adding new features to it and keep making it better. So anyway, if you haven't used it yet, give it a try. Uh, Teams was originally designed to be an internal collaboration tool, but they've continued to expand it. And now you can use it for personal use, like, you know, talking to mom or dad. Um, I'm working on a post for a later date detailing how I'm using Teams as my platform for both internal planning and synchronization, as well as using it for external marketing as an alternative to HubSpot. So, so more to follow on this one. And that's it for number three. I'm continuing to experiment a bit with this, but as of right now, I'm thinking about doing this weekly, uh, probably dropping each show on Monday morning. Uh, subject to change down the road, uh, but that's at least where my thoughts are uh, on this right now. So uh, be sure to subscribe to Communicate for Effect on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to the last 24 daily news summary with topics on digital marketing, communication, and technology. And you will find all this and more on 46alpha.com. Thank you for listening.